What's up, guys? What's going on? I'm Paul. This is Pauline Theology's Daily Devotional. We are back, and we are uh, on Chapter 2 of Judges. So if you haven't been listening so far, man, we'd love for you to go back, check out the other episodes as we're going through the book of Judges, trying to kind of see how God is displayed and how um, we are shown and then how we can apply those things in our lives, man. And so one of the things that we asked, those are some of the questions we asked, but one of the questions we asked first is what's actually happening in the story? And so as we read, keep those questions in mind as we go through this. And I think it's the the fifth episode, maybe sixth episode, uh, but I haven't even talked about the overarching theme of the book. We talked about like kind of what all is going to take place, the, the three parts, but I didn't talk about the overarching theme, and I want to talk about that right now. The overarching theme in the scriptures as we read is that Jesus, I'm sorry, not Jesus, God is faithful. You know, I want to throw Jesus in there because Jesus is the king, you know what I'm saying? But we're in the Old Testament, and so we have to understand right now that we're talking about the Father. And so we want to see everything that God the Father is gracious. He's a gracious Savior, because we see and we will see even more, which we talked about a little bit beforehand, but we're going to talk about now even more, is that these people, the people of Israel, are turning against God, the one who delivered them from their enemies and brought them to a place that he promised he would do, and he did it still, and they still turn from him. And also we're going to see another theme, a big theme. These are the two themes is that the people of Israel begin to look more and more like the people that are around them, the Canaanites. So as we read, keep the three questions or the four questions in mind and then keep those two themes in mind as well. We're on Judges chapter 2, verse 11. It says, And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them, and they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals of the Ashereths. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he gave them over to plunderers who plundered them, and he sold them into the hands of the surrounding enemies so they could no longer withstand their enemies. And whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, as the Lord had warned and as the Lord had warned to them, and they were in terrible distress. And then the Lord raised up judges who saved them out of the hand of those who plundered them. Yet they did not listen to their judges, for they whored after other gods and bowed down to them. They soon turned aside from the way in which their fathers had walked, who had obeyed the commandments of the Lord, and they did not do so. Whenever the Lord raised up judges for them, the Lord was with the judge, and he saved them from the hand of their enemies all the days of the judge. For the Lord was moved to pity by their groaning because of those who afflicted and oppressed them. But whenever the judge died, they turned back and were more corrupt than their fathers, going after other gods, serving them and bowing down to them. They did not drop any of their practices or their stubborn ways. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he said, Because this people has transgressed my covenant that I commanded their fathers and have not obeyed my voice, I will no longer drive out before them any of the nations that Joshua left when he died. In order to test Israel by them, whether they will take care to walk in the way of the Lord as their fathers did or not. 
So the Lord left those nations, not driving them out quickly, and he did not give them into the hand of Joshua. Now these are the nations that the Lord left to testify or to test Israel by them. That is all in Israel who had not experienced all the wars in Canaan. It was only in order that the generation of the people of Israel might know war to teach war to those who had not known it before. These are the nations, the five lords of the Philistines and all the Canaanites and the Sidonites and the Hivites who lived on Mount Lebanon uh, from Mount Baal Hermam as far as Leban, uh, Libo Hamath. They were for the testing of Israel to know whether Israel would obey the commandments of the Lord, which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. So the people of Israel lived among the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And their daughters took to themselves for wives, and their own daughters they gave to their sons, and they served their gods. What's happening, man? That's the big question. What's going on? Well, we saw in the, the, the previous episode that uh, after Joseph, Joshua died and the elders died, they started to just serve these other gods. And so um, the writer of Judges is breaking that down. He's letting us know this is what happened. The people of Israel began to serve other gods. And because they began to serve other gods, then the, uh, the Lord became angry with them. And what did he do? He gave them over to all of those people that he let left stay in the land. The people of Israel, they should have been able to take over all the land. They should have been able to capture every square inch of the possession that God had given them. But because they began to do the things that uh, the writer talks about at the beginning of chapter two, making covenants with other people, some of the things that it displayed and showed in chapter one, where they were actually... Um, torturing people and making people their slaves because they were not doing what God had called them to do. He allowed the people who they were supposed to utterly conquer live in the land. And because of that, because of that sin, those people who now live in the land with them now actually begun or began to torment them and enslave them. So it's, it's, it's weird that way to think about it is that the actions that they took has directly caused the things that's happened to them because they allow people to live in the land. Those people whom they allow to live in the land uh, begin to, to torment them. But not only that is that they also begin to worship and serve the gods of these people. That's what's happening, man. That's what's going on. And it is terrible. So I, I, I told you about the big theme is God's graciousness. Yes, God would allow them to have the land even though they didn't deserve it. And then I talked to you about the other theme right before too as well is that the people begin to look more and more like the people of the, the land that was in there before them. And that's what it's saying. They begin to serve these other gods. It says they begin to, um, they begin to, uh, God would, uh, uh, I'm sorry, they gave their, their wives and their daughters over to these sons. Like the wives, I'm sorry, I mixed all that up. Sorry, let me say that one more time. It says that they gave their daughters to the sons of the people that live there, and they took the daughters of the people that live there and they wed them to their sons. They began to become more and more like those people in there. But another thing that we see from uh, the section that we read is the 
what is famously known as the judges cycle is that they would be oppressed. They would cry out to God. God would raise up a judge. The judge would save them. When the judge died, the people would go back to their old ways and they wouldn't just go back to their old ways. It actually says that they would be more corrupt than the people were before. So even after they got saved and the judge died, they wouldn't just go back to the status quo serving other gods, they would be worse after that. And so the question is now, what do we find out about God? What do we see about God? Well, the biggest thing I think right here that we see about God is his graciousness. Okay, he would raise up saviors to save these people. I say saviors, um, and I think it might say deliverers in some translations. It says judges as well. But these are just people that God has called out of the people of Israel to destroy their oppressors. Um, We see that uh, whenever they do sin, God punishes them. It says that he uh, takes people, he sells them over to slavery. Matter of fact, I think it says that his hand is against them in everything that they do. But because he loves us so much, which is another attribute that we see, because he loves us so much and he has grace upon the people that he loves, He would raise up somebody to take care of that business. He would raise up somebody that would help to overcome the oppression that they're putting themselves in because he hears the cry of his people. He hears the cry of his people. But what do we see about man? We see that God is gracious. We see that, and we see that that God is merciful. We see that, and we see that God is also um, disciplinary. He makes sure that we recognize the reason that we're in the situation we're in is because of our own sin. But we see about us is how we are so stubborn. We're stubborn. We're stubborn people. And and it's not just because we see it in the scripture. It's there. But recognizing your own life, man, don't sometimes when, we, when God has pulled us out, sometimes we just go right back to the same things. We go right back to doing the same stuff. And that is what the people of Israel are doing, except they don't just go back to it. They go back to it at a greater degree. They do it worse. That's horrible, man. <laughs> and I feel, I feel, you know, I, I want to say, dang, look at these people. You don't recognize the goodness of God. But uh, I know I do that in my own life. I do that in my own life. And then the, the, the final thing we ask the question is, how can this apply in our lives? Like, uh, what do we look for this in Cedar Plus? Well, I think... What we can do, what we can look at, what we can know is is that, man, we need to appreciate the grace that God shows upon us. We need to appreciate that. Because, man, he shows it to us when he doesn't have to. And what else do we do is that, that God hears our cry. He hears our cry. It says when the people cry out that God raises up judges. He raises up judges. He hears our cry, our desperate need for him. He answers us. Man, take that with you. Man, may may when you're in stress and in trouble, even if it's in your own making, even if you caused it, cry out to God because he hears your cry. Now, I have to make a huge theological step here, okay? Normally, we would just go through, but I think it bears importance. 
is that there is a final judge that G, that, that God has raised up and his name is Jesus. You see, these other judges died and it says when they died, they went back to their old ways. But the judge that God raised up for us now in these last days is Jesus. And guess what? He will never die. They killed him, but he was risen and he still lives today. He will never die. And so we continually and always can follow and trust in him. And so that's the big thing today I'm going to say is, man, may you trust in Jesus today. May you know Jesus if you don't. Pray and ask him to reveal himself so that you might trust in him more. Appreciate you guys for listening this morning, afternoon, or night, whatever time it is, as you continue to study your word uh, and judges with us. We'll see you in the next episode.